the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Do you think he should be punished for shooting you? No, sir. I hold no ill will toward the man. He did what I would have done. What, what do you mean by that, Deputy Looney? I mean I don't blame him for what he did. Those boys raped his little girl. Objection, Your Honor. The witness's opinion on this matter is irrelevant. Your Honor, I believe Deputy Looney has earned the right to speak here today. Overruled. Continue. Go ahead, Dwayne. I got a little girl. Somebody rapes her. He's a dead dog. I'll blow him away just like Carl Lee did. Objection, Your Honor! Do you think the jury should convict Carl Lee Haley? Don't answer that question, Deputy. He's a hero. You turn him loose. Jury will disregard. You turn him loose! Your Honor, you silence that witness! Turn him loose! It was cold for a Tuesday in June. I was walking down 23rd Street, as I usually do, right past 7th Avenue. There was an old man on the corner standing proud. I noticed his shoe was untied, and his cap read, World War II, I survived. Until this day, he thinks back. All the lives cut short by the war of wars to end all war and save the world. I shook his hand and thanked him. A warm feeling of courage and accomplishment came upon me. As at that moment, I had realized I had just met a true American hero. You must Hi, all. I'm Ken White, filling in for Ed Hoffman this week. Ed's fine. He just had some personal business to take care of, so he asked me to fill in, and I'm honored to do so. My name is Ken White. Some of you may know me as the Southside Unicorn. I'm a friend of Ed Hoffman's. I've had the privilege to interview him for his new book, Experience Matters. Here's mine. So you'll have me for today, and I hope you enjoy the show. Remember, if you're interested in getting involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you can call Ed at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with Ed and you don't want to talk on the phone, find him at edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. If there's any part of the show you want repeated, stay on the edhoffman.net and click on the podcast page to listen on demand anytime. If you can't always hear the show on the radio, this is the easiest way to hear it whenever you want. Be sure to connect to the show on social media. Follow Ed on Twitter at his Twitter handle at Ed Hoffman and like the show on Facebook at the main event Ed Hoffman. If you want to leave a comment on the show, email him at ed at edhoffman.net. Don't forget about Ed's book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, available now at edhoffman.net. If you want to get it in time for Christmas, the time to order is now. I'm following Ed's great tradition of opening a show with a movie clip and a song that have a connection to what we'll be talking about today, in case you're wondering. What that was, you just heard. It was my movie selection about the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, because just like in the movie A Time to Kill, Kyle Rittenhouse should be let go. He should be turned loose. Just as the deputy said in the movie A Time to Kill, there is just a level of fairness and a level of reason that must be applied to anything. So that's why I chose that as my movie selection. The song you heard after the movie selection is from a good friend of mine. His name is Tootsweet. T-O-O-T-S, Sweet. You can find him at Hey Toot Sweet. He's a real American patriot. He's out of New York. And if you like that song, he has plenty more of them. A lot of patriotic music going on over there. Now, let's get on with the show. 
After last week's embarrassment over Biden's failed infrastructure bill, his administration spent this week waffling between mocking the American people for their concerns over the economy and denying there's a problem at all. By now, you've likely heard Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm laughing away concerns about high gas prices throughout the nation. Meanwhile, the president of the United States decided a better approach would be to talk down to the American people and ask the press to join him. What like, for example, if I had if we were all going out and having lunch together and I said, let's ask whoever whoever's in the next table, no matter how what, what restaurant we're in, have, have them explain the supply chain to us. Think they understand what's, what we're talking about? They're smart people. But supply chain. Well, why is everything backed up? Well, it's backed up because the people supply the materials that end up being on our kitchen table or in our in, in our our, fam, our 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 life. Guess what? They're closed those plants because they have COVID. They're not. And so it's a complicated world. And so people are understandably worried. And by the way, you all write for a living. I haven't seen any one of you explain the supply chain very well. No, no, I'm not being critical. I'm being deadly earnest. When your editor says, explain the supply chain, okay? Lots of luck in your senior years, my coach used to say. That is very odd that he would try to coach the American people on supply chains. When you consider that fertilizer and pesticide are two of the things we need most in order to grow food, the food that fuels America and helps us to get along with our daily lives because you can't go anywhere without food. Well, he seems to have raised the price on natural gas. Natural gas makes fertilizer. No natural gas, no fertilizer. No fertilizer, no food. Joe Biden, that's a supply chain. Biden speaking on COVID as a factor in jobs slowing without adding his draconian unlawful vaccine edicts is disingenuous. And it keeps and it's in keeping with the very worst of the best dictators. Then, as we go into the week, we have Pete Buttigieg, who went from being the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, to the U.S. Secretary of Treasury, Transportation. Correction, ladies and gentlemen. This week, he was asked this nonsense question about so-called racist roads by CNN's April Ryan. Can you give us? I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or it would have been, uh, in New York was was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Wow. I mean, my goodness. Everything that the left or Democrats have to speak about must have a component of race in it. Really? Let's talk about transportation briefly. Train tracks could be a dividing line, but are most likely done so both sides of town have equal access to the services that is in uh, it, that it, that in and of itself isn't racist. It's simply good engineering. It could be viewed as racist if the train was only on one side of the town and not in the middle. Besides, didn't Obama take credit for the roads, bridges and rails? Didn't he say you didn't build that? We did. So if the roads, bridges, rails are a form of racism and discrimination, I guess we must give credit to the Democrats. You built that. That's right. You built that. Don't forget that. Secretary of Transportation. Speaking of races, here's Joe Biden on his Veterans Day speech on Thursday. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. Huh. His name really was Leroy Robert Satchel Paige. In the height of Jim Crow, he was born on July 7th, 1906. It was finally determined to be his birthday as he had many assumed birthdays before the owner of the baseball club finally cleared it up for him 
to learn that he was actually years younger than he believed. While he is an American success story, he never served in our armed forces. This day, or that day, the 11th of November, 2021, is Veterans Day. And as the Commander-in-Chief, he is obliged to honor his men and women of the armed forces. On such a day, or honor, wouldn't it be more fitting to mention a person of color, a black man, an African-American, a Negro, if you will, couldn't he have mentioned the recently passed four-star general Colin Powell, who also made historical feats and who also grew up during Jim Crow? Isn't it odd that the NAACP was founded in 1910? Its acronym stands for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. This agency was founded during Jim Crow as well. In their very name, they had hoped to do away with the term Negro. After all, they were seeking the advancement of colored people. But old Joe, in using what is almost a pejorative term, Negro, he takes the advancement a step backwards. This guy is too much. If you don't vote for him, you're not black. He wants to call you a Negro. It's, he's absolutely incredible. I've never seen anyone like him. And for those of you who are below the age of 30, for those of you who are below the age of 20, take it from me. I have seen Joe Biden all of his political career. Okay. He's been in politics for 48 years and I have been an eyeball spectator to everything this man has done. You like to try to say that President Donald J. Trump is a racist. If you don't lump Joe Biden in with that, not to say that President Donald J. Trump is a racist, but if you don't lump Joe Biden in with that, you're unqualified to try to tell me who a racist is. Because trust me, if there is such a thing as a racist, (laughs) Joe Biden fills the bill. Trust me on that. The Biden administration continues embracing illegal migrants by moving forward on the reparations plan reported in the Wall Street Journal two weeks ago. Remember, there are more than 900 families suing the Department of Justice and considering payouts. The Department of Justice is considering payouts of about $450,000 per person. After claiming last week that it was a garbage report, Air quotes. Joe Biden walked that back this week and started yelling at Americans who don't feel great about paying off people who came here illegally. You said last week uh, that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. Let's get it straight. You said everybody coming across the border gets five hundred, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. The number was what you had a problem. The number I was referring to. Okay. Now here's the thing. Sure. If in fact, because of the the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child, you lost your child. It's gone. You deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing about that he said that makes any sense. Joe Biden, you have no idea. You have no idea how angry the American people are at you about your decisions, about turning your back on us. You call the policies of President Donald J. Trump outrageous? Why? Because he put America first? The fact that you would be willing to give up $450,000 of hard-earned American tax dollars to people who broke the laws of this nation initially, that is the antithesis of America first. You have truly put us last. It's embarrassing that you use as a campaign platform, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And then you turned your back on the African-American people by giving every dime, dollar, and tittle that you can to anybody but black America. Are you listening to me out there, black America? Do you see what's going on? Can you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? This man is borderline on some whole new tip. We've seen a lot of presidents come through our country. This one 
what is he? Number 47? I believe, yeah, he's number, he's got to be uh, 45, 46. Somebody help me here. He's number 46. Okay, thanks. I, I should have looked at that. He's the 46th president of the United States of America. And at the speed we're going with this man, I don't know what 47 is going to look like. You know, this, this, this is pretty bad. So here he is with this desire to give $450,000 per person. It looks and it smells just like another conduit for fraud. It looks like another way, you know, let's forget paintings. You know, the paintings are what they are, you know, with his son and all of that. This smells oddly like another railroad of our monies. You know, like the bullet train in California that I called a great train robbery. Now, here's a new government-created vehicle that's going to shovel a half a million dollars to anybody who can grab a baby and say, that happened to me too? As we know, with the incredible, rampant, uncontrolled access to our border, children are lost every day. Sadly, there are 11,000 young people who are missing that we have no way of knowing where they are. And this man goes with false fire of if you lost your child. Joe Biden, what about the African-American mothers who send their children to the grocery store for some milk and butter and bread? And they simply pray not that the child is going to come back with the right things that they sent them for Joe Biden, but that they'll come back at all. Their mothers in the inner cities of America losing their children every day. I happen to know two people. Two American moms who lost their children at the hands of illegal aliens. Their children are never coming back, Joe Biden. They're lost. I don't hear you making any offers to compensate those moms as if though you can compensate a mom for the loss of her child. But I don't hear you making those offers, Joe Biden. So in other words, since the Democrats hate President Trump and his America first policy to make sure it stinks, They will punish America for standing up for itself. And that is also another corridor to funnel money. Imagine the fraud that is about to come through this program with money coming like this. Who needs painting? We are being ripped off. And to you, Negroes and blacks, how do you like him now? This is getting really crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, these monies would be better spent in the inner city, helping our children to get their lives back together, helping our children get straight, but he's going to give it to somebody else. So since we're on Joe Biden, we're going to, we're going to stay there. Also, the Biden administration is still flying migrant children around the country in the middle of the night. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis is threatening legal action against the flight contractors being hired to do this. After he learned that 70 of the planes carrying young migrants have landed in Jacksonville. He also learned that a 24 year old migrant from Honduras was arrested for posing as a 17 year old under a fake name to get on the plane, then killing a Jacksonville man who gave him a job. The daughter, the victim's daughter says she believes the murderer Yeri Noel Medina Ulola arrived in Jacksonville on one of those young migrant flights. Here's Ron DeSantis. So these are flights that are coming in two or three in the morning. Uh, the feds, of course, control the airspace and they're there on the ground. Uh, they take these folks and then they send them in other parts of Florida by bus or other parts of the southeast. And that individual who was murdered was in fact murdered by an illegal alien who was on one of Biden's flights, these, these midnight flights, unannounced, no notice, no support for the state, no ability for us to veto it ahead of time. And if, if Biden had not been doing that, if he'd been doing his job, that individual would be alive today. They use these private contractors. So what we're looking at is how can we fight back against the contractors? We can obviously deny them state contracts, which we will do. Uh, Can we deny them access to Florida's market generally? Can we tax them? Can we do things to provide disincentives so they can't do it? Because they are bringing in people uh, that are causing burdens on us. And as we see tragically, uh, cause someone to lose their life. I am still amazed at the number I had to report to you, ladies and gentlemen, over 70 contract pilots 
are flying in these illegal immigrants into Florida. Now, let's just try to do this. Let's do the math on this. You got 70 planes. The average plane can hold what? 20, 30? Nah, sometimes 100. So you're talking 100 seats, 70 planes. I think that's like 7,000 people, immigrants, migrants. If this one young man, Mr. Ulola, managed to make it in pretending he was 17 when he's actually a lot older than that, and he goes on to kill a Jacksonville American citizen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to begin to look at this the way it really is. You have Florida and you have Texas. I like to refer to Florida as the sanctuary state for Americans. If it's a sanctuary state for Americans, if Texas is indeed the same thing and somebody is waging a war against you, well, they got to get their troops into your area. They got to get them behind enemy lines. They got to infiltrate where you are. This isn't just the clandestine overnight movement of illegal aliens. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a troop movement because after all, when you move troops, into an area where your, air quote, enemies reside. What is their mission? What is their job? Their mission, their job, is to kill you. Well, we've already lost one Jacksonville American to a person who entered our country illegally and was spirited away into deeper parts of our country, which they otherwise would not be able to reach. Think about it. Think about it. You end up on the border. Okay, that's fine. I went to the uh, Arizona border a few months ago with Agnes Gibney and several others. Saw some incredible American sheriffs. These men and women are on the front line and they're giving it up every day to protect us and to keep that border. Or should I say to try to make sure the border has some meaning, some effect. So you get into America, whether it be Arizona, Texas, That's about as far as you can pretty much go. You don't have a car. You don't have any resources. You're basically a peon. But in comes Joe Biden, and he gives you an air-conditioned bus. He gives you a nice hotel room on Lackland Air Force Base, our primary military training base for our airmen. They're billeted on an American military base, and then they're flown into different areas, diasporaed into different areas of our nation. Ladies and gentlemen, am I being extreme? Or is this a troop movement slash invasion that if we don't put an end to it, our country will be so inundated. I love that word, inundated. Our country will be so inundated by people who don't even espouse our belief system. They don't have the same cultural views. If they were here for freedom, I don't think We'd run into people like Ulola. Are there people who are here for just a job? Of course there are. I would imagine and I would dare to say there's more people who are just looking for economic opportunity than anything else coming through that border. However, just like it was said during the height of 9-11, our men and women on the borders, our men and women who protect us, they have to get it right every time. The enemy only has to get it right once. And so we lose an American citizen in Jacksonville, Florida, because the plans, the aims of Joe Biden and his spiriting people throughout our nation that are unvetted, undocumented. I call them UVIs, undocumented, violent intruders. One of them got it right. And we pay the price for that. We all pay the price for that. America's a little more diminished because yet again, another American citizen has fallen at the hands of someone who otherwise would not be in our nation if it weren't for this incredible disregard for our sovereignty. I'll take it a little bit further, ladies and gentlemen. That young man, Ulola, from Honduras, should either have been repatriated back to Honduras Immediately with that same flight. If you can fly him to Florida, you can fly him to Honduras. 
And if we had protected our borders, if we had made it difficult for Mr. Ulola, he would have never made it to Jacksonville, Florida. This is Ken White filling in for Ed Hoffman. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the main event. I'm Ken White filling in for Ed Hoffman for this week. And in the last half, the first half, we were talking about the illegal migrants that are being flown into Florida and what uh, Governor DeSantis had to say about it. I just want to touch on that a little bit more because, as you can tell, uh, I got a little into it. That's just how I am. I love our country. I love you. I don't believe that we deserve the fate that the Democrats and the left intend for us. So if I get a little warmed up or a little excited. Bear with me. Just want to touch on it a little bit more. America has to face the sad but hard truth. Joe Biden is waging a war on America. And if he isn't, if he, if he isn't Tunju, if he isn't Tunju is learning from him even now. And that's what I meant to say. Tunju could learn a lot from Joe Biden when it comes to waging war because they have managed to hide it and cloak it under wokeism, under some moral high ground, under racism that they're trying to fight it and root it out. These dead of the night flights into areas that otherwise could not be reached so easily by undocumented, unvetted personnel is nothing more than a troop movement into American sanctuary states. Patriots and right-wing citizens are moving to Florida in record numbers. This is why running against DeSantis would be an effort in futility. But just as the left is doing with Texas, they're diluting and infiltrating. So over time, they will whittle down these two states. And as with any troop movement, the purpose of moving troops into an occupied area is to do what? To do what? That's right. Kill the enemy. These sad, undocumented, violent intruders, murderers, reminds me of a show I did titled, You Knew What I Was. You can find it on my podcast. In that show, I played the reading of the poem, The Snake as read by President Donald J. Trump. Well, sadly, it seems, with Jacksonville, Florida, once again, President Trump was right. This week began the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, the 18-year-old charged with first-degree homicide for shooting two protesters in self-defense during last year's BLM and Antifa riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin, when he was just 17. Some of the details have come to light in the trial. Videos taken that night show a man named Joseph Rosenbaum chasing Rittenhouse in the parking lot of a used car dealership. Seconds later, Rittenhouse shot and killed him. Video then shows Rittenhouse being pursued by more protesters, being before he shot and killed Anthony Huber, who swung a skateboard at him. He also shot and wounded Gage Grosskrut, who had stepped towards Rittenhouse with a pistol in hand. Here's Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand. 
Once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side. Um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski. And there were That's young Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand. It's understandable that he would be upset. It's understandable that we would see him break down like that. I think he would be a perfect candidate for PTSD. Um, There are those who want to argue that he had no business being there. What was he doing there in the first place? Just another one of those Bible toting, gun carrying, Trump loving, some of my guns. Well, if you can ask that of young Kyle Rittenhouse, what about the three gentlemen who met him with what we easily must accept was deadly force? What were they doing there? Why were they carrying guns and a skateboard? We put all of this on those who happen to not feel the narrative of the left. If you're not one of theirs, well, you should be hoping that you don't end up in front of one of theirs. Case in point, a type of judge, a a Clinton appointee or an Obama appointee, you know, like the judge that asked the woman during COVID because she refused to close her salon because that's how she fed her family. She's a leader. That's how she fed her people. She refused to close. And this appointee of a leftist president looked that woman in the face and said, why don't you apologize to everybody for being so selfish to keep your business open? Well, now flip the coin. You have a judge who I say is a constitutionalist judge. This man is not playing. He's not going to let you bring that nonsense into his courtroom. And now the left is crying. Now on the left is saying, he's unfair. He's got a bias. No, he actually doesn't. He's trying to ensure that there is no bias in his courtroom. An attorney asked Kyle if he felt going to the police felt like safety to him. People were saying, cranium him and get him, kill him. People were screaming, and I just was trying to get to the police running down Sheridan Road. And you say I'm trying to get to the police. Why were you trying to get to the police? Because I didn't do anything wrong. I defended myself. Did you feel as though there was safety where the police were? Yes. Now, what kind of question is that? Is that the kind of question that a woke lawyer who believes in defunding the police would ask someone? Excuse me? You're in a riot situation. You got, you know, because I could see it. Not that that's an indictment or that that's something wrong, but it's kind of a indicator. The young man on the witness stand that Kyle Wittenhouse engaged and pretty much shot his arm off. He's sitting there packing these gauges in his ear and all this stuff, you know, and um, they were trying to kill him. They were trying to take young Wittenhouse out. So if you see a line of police officers and you are like in, in, in a scene from escape from New York and you got these star Wars bar creatures chasing you saying, take his head off, brain him, get him, kill him. What would you do? Would you run towards them <laughs> or would you run towards the police and seek, you know, some safety and protection? Let's, Put this in proper perspective, ladies and gentlemen. Young Kyle Rittenhouse exercised more gun control, more common sense about a weapon than did Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin is twirling a pistol and basically pointing it indiscriminately at people and pulling the trigger. Kyle Rittenhouse, as the testimony of the victim, bears out he did not fire on that man. Until that man took a weapon, a pistol, raised it up and pointed it at young Rittenhouse and Rittenhouse beat him to the draw. 
Now let's exercise that just a little bit. Where would we be today if young Kyle Rittenhouse had received two to the head and one to the chest? Now that 17 at that time, child is dead. Would any of those three assailants have been charged with child abuse? Would any of those three assailants have been charged with any crime at all? Or would they end up on The View the next day explaining how they survived a terrible, mean, horrible Trump supporter? Ladies and gentlemen, we're entering a topsy-turvy world. And that judge, thank God, that judge is in place. Is he biased? Well, if you listen to the left and CNN, of course he is. Of course he is. But in truth, he's an American judge standing up for common sense and what the rule of law truly is. And it has those lawyers on the left absolutely vexed. I don't know how good I would feel about being on trial for my life. And the prosecution shows hints of emotions when there's a light or a glinter in my favor. I mean, I've seen people at poker games. I've seen people in business meetings who don't show their emotions whatsoever. It's called being professional. But I saw a district attorney who's prosecuting young Rittenhouse when his own star witness basically gave up the goods because, you know, you're not supposed to put somebody on the stand and not know what they're going to say. So I'm just going to call that a spiritual moment. I'm going to call that a moment where the truth came out. You know, what's done in the dark will come to light. And the DA, the DA put his hands in his head and sunk his head down. Why? In abject disappointment? Because you just saw your case go away? Well, excuse me, sir. If it's your job to seek justice, if it's your job to get at the truth, Isn't that what happened? Isn't that what your witness did? Tell the truth. And you're upset. That says an awful, awful lot about what's going on with the Kyle Rittenhouse case. That's why we use that uh, movie clip in the beginning. I'm sure many of you saw it. It's a movie called A Time to Kill. And in that, they asked the deputy, kind of ironic that it would be a cop. Almost does art imitate life or does life imitate art? But they asked him, do you think, you know, Kylie should be, you know, released? And he said, you turn him loose. I'd have done the same thing. Well, I'm going to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, you go to a place to try to render aid. You go to a place because your friend and the business owner are being decimated by the very same people who they're trying to portray as victims today in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. He went there to protect. How many of us wanted to go help Reginald Denny when unfortunately we watched on TV helplessly as a gang, a wild mob pulled him out of his truck. I can't tell you how many people I heard say, my God, where is he at? I wish I could get to him. Is somebody close to him? Let's get there. Nobody would want to watch that and not try to help. Kyle Rittenhouse wanted to help. What are we supposed to do, ladies and gentlemen? And that speaks towards the future, too, because there could be I'm pretty sure there could be more riots, more looting, more burning in America's future. This case is a litmus test. This case is going to bear out a lot. Do we sit by idly and let them run amok in our nation? Because you see, if you do try to take action, if you do try to defend your property, your life and your friends, well, then you might find yourself straight between the hairs of a woke D.A. Hmm. A lot for us to think about there, ladies and gentlemen. The attorney asked Kyle Wittenhouse if he felt safe going to the police. What kind of dumb question is that? During, you know, civil unrest, the woke are pursuing you. Of course, getting behind the safety of law enforcement lines would make you feel safe. Everyone is focusing on Kyle Rittenhouse who did an excellent job of saving his own life. Why has no one asked the same point of issue to the prosecution's star witness? What was he doing there with a gun? Why did he pursue Rittenhouse who was in retreat? I've been in law enforcement security in the military all my life. 
And let me tell you something I learned actually on the streets in, in the real. If you are engaging someone, but they retreat, if you're engaging someone and they retreat, you let them. They're no longer a threat to you. If their back is to you, they're no longer. Ba- well, you, I, I guess you could say they could still be a threat. I've seen situations, even one here in San Bernardino, where a law enforcement officer was trying to arrest someone and the brother tried to shoot the cop from under his arm. So, yes, you can still be a threat with your back turned to you. But for the general sense, for the bigger picture, when your back is turned and you're exiting the area, young Kyle Rittenhouse posed no threat to them. But they did pose a threat to him. They were pursuing him and yelling and chanting, cap him, brain him, kill him, get him. And mind you, that's with law enforcement within sight of them doing this. And that same man that's on the witness stand, the alleged victim, is bearing witness against Kyle Rittenhouse. Maybe that's why God stepped in with some of that holy, you know, holy spirit magic. And that man was compelled to tell the truth. Did Kyle Rittenhouse only fire on you when you pointed your weapon at him? And the man said, yes. He said, yes. Why did he aim his firearm when there was no reason for that? In allowing these woke DAs to put this young man on trial, America is actually on trial. In the spirit of the movie, A Time to Kill, I say, you turn that man loose. You turn that young boy loose. He has no business in jail. He was defending his own life. Now, that I've exercised, you know, that out, let's go on to more antics that are going on with like a a Trump witch hunt, if you want to call it that. The White House committee investigating January 6th announced a new batch of 10 subpoenas issued to former Trump administrative officials this week. So that means we'll soon be hearing testimonies from some recognizable Trump officials, including his advisor, Stephen Miller, and press secretary, Kaylee Kaylee McEnany. Tucker Carlson had a new movie on Fox Nation called Patriot Purge. Reportedly, one of the claims it makes is that January 6th was a false flag operation. On Fox News Sunday, Chris Wallace asked January 6th committee vice chair Liz Cheney about this. Congresswoman Cheney, there is talk now, talk, that January 6th was a false flag operation, that it was a case of liberals in the deep state setting up conservatives and Trump supporters. Is there any truth to that? None at all. You know, it's the same kind of thing that you hear from people who say that 9-11 was an inside job, for example. It is, um, it, it's, it's un-American uh, to be spreading those kinds of lies, uh, and they are lies. And, and we have an obligation that goes beyond partisanship uh, and, and an obligation that we share, Democrats and Republicans together, to make sure that we understand every single piece of the facts about uh, what happened that day. Day, uh, and to make sure the people who did it are held accountable um, and uh, to call it a false flag operation to spread those kinds of lies is really dangerous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know how much more of this Liz Cheney we're going to be able to take. I wish you would just go ahead and switch parties and get it over with. But that's a story for another show. I want everyone I knew not to go. I said it won't end well and that it was a setup. On my friend's show, Phil Naiman, uh, the Firing Line radio show, on January 4th, he invited me on and I said this. Just before the Washington rally, I warned, look out for the ladies. They will be going for the ladies. That is a quote on the Phil Naiman Firing Line radio show, January 4th, two days before January 6th would occur. And we lost an American female U.S. veteran to an assassin's bullet. With all due respect, we patriots, we have to do a better, a better job. We have to, you know, make sure that we're not just blindly going to these rallies and whatnot. Sure, we can post flyers and say meet here or meet there. And lots of people will show up, including those who are full of hatred and malice for Americans. We need to heed the immortal words of Dr. King Jr. 
organized, baby, organized. We're not organized enough to be doing these rallies. We show up wanting to commune with fellow believers and people who are like-minded, but we're not being tactical against people who are cold and methodical and hate us. We need to try to steer away from the rallies for right now, ladies and gentlemen, until we get our act together about how we're going to deal with this new emerging threat in our nation. We're not dealing with the scourge of the leftists the right way. The Constitution is our weapon, our mandate. And if used properly, we can rid our nation of this gross detraction of our creed. When it comes to Liz Cheney, eh, there's not much to be said here that everyone else doesn't already feel or know. She's a hack. We should demand she changes her party. We need to ensure she is never recognized as a Republican again. The Democrats would drum a a Trump supporter out of their ranks that day. What's up with us, Republicans? This isn't a summer social or a cotillion. We are at war. Accept it or perish in our ignorance. So let me get that out of my system. Meanwhile, there are still people from that day who continue to sit in jail in Washington, D.C., Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia was finally granted access to visit them after months of trying. Here's a snippet of her three-hour visit. Are you allowed to have religious services? Are you able to talk to your family members or see your family members? No. Wow, this sad clip reminds me of the Red Cross during World War II visiting the gulags and stalags to ensure the humane treatment of the prisoners of war. And in this glaring chronicle of where we are in the war for America's soul, Those arrested on January 6th are being treated worse than pilots captured during World War II. As we, the American people, go on about our daily lives, the left is grinding us into paste and dicta. One of the biggest stars of the Trump witch hunt, Congressman Adam Sackashiff, <laughs> I like that. Continues to profit off the off of his time of chasing down lies and Russian disinformation. Schiff went on to the View this week to plug his new book, Midnight in Washington: How We Almost Lost Our Democracy and Still Could. Instead of kissing up to him like the rest of the women on that show, former State Department spokeswoman, spokesperson, spokespeople, Morgan Ortegas gave it to him good. You may spread Russian disinformation yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, It's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm -hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help them in the election, which they did. None of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. Now that's how you do it. That's how you take it back to him. This man is pathological. Thank you, Morgan Ortegas, for remaining consistent in the face of this pathological liar. Even after being proven wrong, Schiff shifted the question to return to slander and libel President Trump. To all who seek fairness, yes, Schiff's credibility is all but gone, along with his mind. This man actually ran the worst witch hunt. How he's still in office? Who is out there in Glendale voting for this man? What is wrong with you people? Having... Adam Schiff still hold public office by your vote is no longer an issue about Adam Schiff. It's an indictment of you. America has a long way to go to get back to normal. Now, some in their slickness, in their cleverness would say, well, what do you want to get back to, Mr. White? You want to get back to the Stafford wives? You want to get back to racism? (laughs) Ha! 
I don't know if the administration of Joe Biden is any different than anything I saw in the 1960s or 70s or 80s, because guess what? He was there. No, I want America to get back to common sense. I want America to get back to you work hard, you play by the rules, something good just might happen. I want us to get back to the lessons of Ed Hoffman's book, Experience Matters. Here's mine. It's a good book. You want to read some of the passages in it. You could almost use it as a how-to for young people. So again, as the holiday seasons are drawing close, you're going to want to get that book. If you don't get it for yourself, I am telling you, I read it. It's a good book. Get it for the young person in your life because they're going to go back to that book at times and go, oh, now I want to buy a home. I'm thinking about buying a home. Mom, where's that book? And you're going to get information on real estate. You're going to get information on real life. These are the things that matter. These are the things that Ed Hoffman is trying to share with you all. And I invite you to go ahead and get that book. Get that book. Let me, let me, let me see if I can do it like Bush, like, like Biden would do it. You want to get that book. It's a good book. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I've really enjoyed being here with you today. It was an honor. I've had such a wonderful time filling in for Ed Hoffman. He'll be back next week. And if you want to listen to some of my stuff, you can find me at bit.ly or should I say bit.ly forward slash unicorn44 or on my webpage, the southsideunicornshow.com. It's Ken White. We're out. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm excited to tell you about my first book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, available right now at edhoffman.net. This book is for all of you who enjoy my advice on business, parenting, politics, and life in general. I'm sharing my life experiences to help you because it's like I always say, experience is the best teacher, especially when it's someone else's experience. In this book, you'll get stories from my life I've never talked about on the show, from growing up, from the early days of my career, and even from my time as a world champion competitive arm wrestler. True story. But if you listen to the main event, you'll recognize a lot of your favorite parts on the show in this book. Movie quotes, real estate investment advice, and of course, lots of politics talk from a conservative perspective. Here's what the one and only Dennis Prager said. Experience Matters is a treasure trove of practical advice. It has turned each one of his many varied and engaging adventures into a gem of wisdom. Read this book and profit. Then get your son or daughter to read it. Bribe them if you have to. That's how good and how much fun this book is. Pre-order Experience Matters. Here's mine by Ed Hoffman at edhoffman.net. AM 590, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.